chatted to this supplier and she was very polite, but I could tell on the phone she was thinking, you're absolutely crazy, you want this for this coming Christmas? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In really interestingly, more than half of the stars that we sold in the end came from completely cold contacts. People that saw LinkedIn posts that we put out. So I, I won't lie, there were a couple of moments where I was tearing my hair out thinking, I think I've bitten off a little bit more than I can chew here. Hey there, folks. This is episode 134 of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast. My name's Rob Woods, and this is the show for anyone who works in fundraising and who wants some ideas and maybe just a nudge of inspiration to help you raise more money and really enjoy your job. And in today's episode, I'm sharing an interview I first published in early 2021 with a very smart, high-value fundraiser and marketeer named Laura Webb from Leeds Hospitals Charity. As this podcast has grown and grown in the years since we started, back in the autumn of 2019, I've realised that for listeners who discovered the show fairly recently, there's a good chance you've never heard the ones we've put out in the early days. And I think that's a shame, because a lot of those topics are still as relevant as ever. A case in point is today's story about corporate partnerships fundraising with Laura, and I've heard from quite a few charities who've used the example to create or improve their own Christmas campaigns. I particularly wanted to share it now, because if the strategy gives you any ideas, there should be enough time for you to take action ready for your next winter campaign. So here's my chat with Laura, all about their brilliant Sponsor the Sparkle appeal, which attracted more than 20 partners. Interestingly, it enticed more than half of them to support the charity for the first time. So Laura, before we get into the interview and this interesting campaign you've done, would you introduce yourself and uh, top line the charity where you work? Sure. Um, so I look after corporate partnerships in the fundraising team at Leeds Hospitals Charity. Um, so we are the official charity who support the Leeds Teaching Hospitals Trust. Lots of people query sometimes why there's a charity at a hospital. Um, pretty much all hospitals have a similar foundation or, or separate charity. And we're there basically to try and fundraise and put in the things that the NHS budget doesn't buy. So it's the kind of extras to make patients' experience slightly better than it might have been with, without our funding and our, our input. It's quite a big trust, over 20,000 staff at the hospital, and we support all areas of that. Fantastic. I, I remember, I think we met um, when you joined our Corporate Partnerships Mastery Programme early in 2020. So I enjoyed working with you through that. And I remember you did some really interesting projects that you were sharing with your colleagues on the program then. But in this interview, I particularly want to talk about something you did later on, several months after you'd finished the program. Just to set it up, could you define a particular problem that your charity has? And in fact, lots of hospitals and the foundations that support charities have across the the country. It almost doesn't sound like a problem on the surface, but at Christmas, lots and lots of individuals and businesses obviously love to come down and bring gifts, in particular for the children's hospital. So that's fantastic. Um, but sometimes the gifts that come are not appropriate or potentially can't be used from in infection control purposes. And obviously, from a fundraising point of view, we'd love them to actually donate some money so that we could make better use of that kind of gift into the hospital. 
So it's been an ongoing problem, and I'm sure colleagues at other sort of hospital charities have got the same problem. Obviously, this last Christmas with COVID, things were very different indeed. So there was no opportunity for people to physically come onto site from a corporate point of view, which is obviously my, my focus for this campaign. Um, people start talking to you about it in July, would you believe? When can I when can I book in for my Christmas gifts and come and have our company photo taken? So I was kind of racking my brains to come up with what can we actually do that's going to kind of be attractive for corporates to still support the hospital and the charity at Christmas, but not come onto site and have their pitch taken, which is obviously a nice thing to have too. I hadn't been aware, but I became aware when I saw a, a Facebook notification that Sheffield Children's Hospital had been running a snowflake campaign at Christmas. I think they're almost into their 10th year. And the more I looked into it, I thought, this is absolutely fantastic. Like, why aren't we doing this in Leeds? So the whole idea of the Snowflake campaign is that businesses, community groups, whoever wants to can donate to kind of sponsor a snowflake that is then physically put up on the outside of a building and lit up like a big Christmas decoration. So I had a number of conversations with one of their contacts there who ran their snowflake campaign. Brilliant chats, shared loads of information. Like obviously we're not sort of in competition with each other. So that's the beauty. So anybody else listening to this that might be sort of working at a hospital or a hospice or, or wherever, maybe it's something you might want to try. I essentially kind of nicked the idea and thought, how can I make this happen in Leeds? It was a challenge because at this point we were into sort of mid-September. So the clock really was ticking away. But I put a call in probably third week in September to a supplier. I chatted to this supplier and she was very polite, but I could tell on the phone she was thinking, you're absolutely crazy. You want this for this coming Christmas? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah had a chat with her and clearly wanted to make it slightly different something bespoke for Leeds so we talked about stars rather than snowflakes and working really closely with my colleague in the team we put together a proposal took it to our senior leadership we're like we need to do this we need to purchase these stars and we will find we'll find donors and businesses that want to support this the pandemic and the fact that there was no time, I kind of feel like that was a positive for this campaign because we just had to do it. There was no procrastination. There was no backwards and forwards with 100 meetings kind of trying to trying to make it perfect. We'd done the numbers. I could see that it worked elsewhere. We just needed to make it happen, basically. So I think we ordered the stars mid-October, plumped for 25 and then as soon as we'd actually pressed the button and we knew, right, we've ordered them, this is going to cost us now. It took over for a month, I've got to be honest, but we contacted all our current partners, we contacted warm supporters, we sent out cold emails to all sorts of companies and contacts around Leeds and Yorkshire. And when we got our first kind of confirmed star in, that was kind of when it started to snowball. It was fantastic. It was our longest sort of corporate partner that we've worked with we worked really closely with them and they they were really keen to actually commit to be the first to kind of get us off the off the ground so I, I won't lie there were a couple of moments where 
I was tearing my hair out thinking, I think I've bitten off a little bit more than I can chew here. But it was great. And in really interestingly, more than half of the stars that we sold in the end came from completely cold contacts. People that saw LinkedIn posts that we put out explaining why the hospital needed money at Christmas and they needed it even more this Christmas because they couldn't have visitors. You know, all the different isolation rules that are kind of in place. And I think it just, you know, it just touched people. There's lots of things as a charity we we fund over the Christmas period. It's not just presents at the, at the children's hospital, Christmas dinners for staff, Christmas decorations. I've actually been in hospital with my youngest, who was very poorly five years ago, happened to be in over Christmas. So I do know sort of from personal experience how important it is that, you know, those elements are are put in for for people that are spending the festive period away from their families, basically. Wow. Huge congratulations, Laura. I'm kind of in awe that you heard about it in mid to late September and you just found a way to do the research, get the conviction yourself, and then all of the decision-making that must have happened. Goodness knows it, it can't be easy, the number of people that need to come on board, both within your foundation and within the the hospital trust you work with and to get that done so quickly and then take it out to market and and get people really wanting to jump in it, it's a wonderful achievement so congratulations to, to you and all your colleagues has been a huge team effort to make it work and so laura in terms of results for, for one thing that's amazing that it was a, a tool you could use a product you could use to engage a whole set of companies that that initially weren't supporting 50 percent of them so that's wonderful Broadly, how much did it raise this time around? I'm guessing also it's a hugely valuable thing because it's not a one-off. One of the most valuable things we can do as a fundraiser is to create some kind of sustainable income stream. And I sense that next Christmas and the year after, you're going to have an asset you can grow. Yeah, absolutely. In the end, we sold 22 stars. Um, I think income was just short of 35 grand. The, the last two stars sold actually the night that we did the kind of switch, official switch on. Uh, so, yeah, my colleagues were, were tearing their hair out with me at various points, but it really was a team effort and they looked fantastic when they were up. But as you said, we now own these stars, you know, so absolutely the planning is well underway for this coming Christmas. Um, and we are intending to expand quite significantly. We've got obviously more than four weeks like we had last time to kind of put put the right steps in place and and start those conversations with other partners to bring them in to the original sponsors that we had from last year. So plans have kind of been mapped out for the next five years on this and it's absolutely going to become the backbone really of sort of our corporate partnership income and the fact that it solves a problem that we've had for several years as well, now that we've demonstrated the amount of money that can be brought in to kind of support the Christmas wishes of the hospital, it's fantastic. And it just meant from a children's gift point of view, we bought lots of gifts, but it was things that they could absolutely use, COVID or not COVID. So it's turned it around, really. Hey there, it's Rob and I wanted to quickly let you know about our two flagship training programs. That's the Major Gifts Mastery Program and the Corporate Partnerships Mastery Program, which is the one that Laura did. To give you a sense of the difference they can make, here's a really quick bit of feedback we received recently from Asia Parekh, 
who took part in our most recent corporate mastery program. This is my first corporate fundraising position. I, I've never corporate fundraised before. I rely quite heavily on the things that Rob taught. Since being on the programme, the charity has managed to turn over 10 partnerships. We started off with one. While I was on the course with Rob, that one turned into six, and now it's turned into 10. For the charity, the partnerships are worth around £10,000 each, and at 10, we have a total of £100,000 coming in. I would really, really recommend the programme. Absolutely do it. It's worth every penny, and I'm really, really grateful for having been on it. If you'd like to find out more about either of these two programmes, go to brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash services. For now, though, let's get back to the interview as I ask Laura for more detail on the various benefits that came from their campaign. And presumably for lots of those new companies that hadn't got involved before, this was a, an easy thing for them to understand and sort of get some value and enjoy their employees or their customers being proud of them doing their bit. But it's a great chance for you to then deepen the relationship after they initially sponsored that star. Absolutely. I mean, there's been a lot of love for the NHS this year, obviously. I think that that helped to bring some of these new contacts in, but it has allowed us to start those conversations about obviously supporting again in the Sparkle campaign at Christmas, but other areas that they might want to involve their employees with, other fundraising that they could potentially do for us. So it, it's just, it's helped just grow our, our network really. Um, and obviously they've got their own networks as everybody knows. So it's it's had a nice ripple effect. And in terms of practicalities, I, I saw a lovely picture on your website. There's some bigger stars and some smaller stars. Yeah. It is part of the beauty of it that people can come in to give at whatever level suits their budget? Absolutely. I think we had four um, different gift levels. So it really was accessible if you were a smaller business and wanted to get involved right up to the sort of much, much bigger stars. I think three and a half metres in diameter, the biggest one was. Um, so there was something there to appeal to all sorts of businesses. And also we're talking to our community colleagues now as well. You know, is there some way that they could be involved in this campaign going forward. So that's kind of in planning stage at the moment. Yes. And I see that part of the reason it looks beautiful is because it is a beautiful Christmassy scene. There's a magic to it and it doesn't have corporate logos all over the place. But how did you create something that enabled the companies to be able to feel proud and, and tell their employees or their customers that they'd done this thing? So what we designed was a kind of map of the stars, um, obviously because we had a smallish amount uh, compared to where we're hoping to get it to this coming year. Um, it allowed us to create a visual kind of PDF of the building, of the different star placements and actually have the, the business names kind of on a key really on that. But we also created a a sort of print version of this, which we sent out to all of the partners as a, a thank you, something for them to keep at the end of it, because they don't, they're not actually buying the stars. They're just kind of sponsoring them being lit up for six weeks on the building. Um, and then the most exciting bit that everybody seemed to love was we did a Facebook Live, which was my first time doing that. So <laughs> another, another stressful day. But we did a virtual light switch on because obviously we couldn't invite people sort of down to physically watch it. 
but we had a huge amount of supporters and teams from the trust and other corporate partners that joined us on that Facebook Live. One of our ambassadors fronted it for us. So I think the thing I learned was you can make anything happen if you've got the drive to do it. And sometimes not having loads of time to overthink it is a benefit. Yes, Laura, I I can't quite imagine how on earth you got it all done in such a short time period. But I've been talking to so many fundraisers this year who have found some advantages within things that appear to be disadvantages. In this case, one of yours was absolutely or hardly any lead time. Mm -hmm. Just in terms of some of the problem solving that needed to happen or the communication or the decision making that needed to happen within your organisation, is there anything you found interesting or anything you learned about somehow getting that done? I mean, I really had to pull colleagues in to kind of help me because there were conversations we had to have with the the hospital team, the fact that they were going to have to drill these stars in during the night, understanding who was in those front front facing rooms. So it's really been brilliant from a sort of building relationships with with the guys at the hospital right through to having to close roads off um, when they were coming to install them. But there was a real energy behind it because the clock was ticking like right from the start and everybody just kind of mucked in, really. People were sort of saying, I've just had a conversation with somebody over here that, that knows this business. Let's, I'm like, right, get on the phone, let's talk to them. It was a bit like a hotline, really, on the phones, but... That, I think that's what really helped. We we brought in our trustees to talk to some of their contacts. So we just played the game and spoke to as many people as we could. I think I've already said the last two were, were actually sold sort of the morning that we were doing the light switch on that afternoon. So thank you to my comms colleagues who had to rejig the map <laughs> that had just been finished. There was a real buzz, which I think was needed at Christmas as well, because it's been a tough year for everybody. And uh, just by the way, when I watched the little minute and a half film you put out on social media, thanking the partners and telling little mini stories of you know how it paid the donations paid for staffs taxis who were working during the festive period and Christmas dinners uh, for the patients and the presents and various things, it really captures this magical feeling of that wonderful intention of the people all along who've been giving or wanting to give presents, but. The beauty of this campaign is is that intention has been honoured and it's been funnelled into the solving of really crucial problems. So I I love that about it. And it seems to me another strength, just to state the obvious, is I can see why colleagues and then the companies in Yorkshire and Leeds, the, the reason it was easier for them to get on board is because it's so tangible. It's yeah. it's really clear. You don't have to work hard to work out what the proposition is. And it's suffused with this sort of magical, sparkly feeling. You know, again, yeah. looking at the image on the side of your hospital and, and looking at the that film you made, that wonderful Christmassy, generous, helping people feeling is there. And it's kind of easy for us to get. If we're a company, we want to get involved. It doesn't take paragraphs of explaining. Are those a couple of the, the clearest strengths, do you think? And, and any more that occurred to you as to why... It worked so well. Yeah, I mean, it was a really easy proposition. They were nice conversations to have when we were speaking to businesses. And we had a real range from some really big corporates to a local strawberry farmer took one of the smaller stars. So 
the mix was fantastic. Something else, I, I just think the fact that we did have this live switch on, we asked all of the sponsors to provide us with a sort of tweet, really, like a thanks to, to the NHS for the year um, that we were pushing out on social. We ran them kind of on the video on the night when we did the switch on and also got a bit of feedback from some patients who were in over Christmas and some of the staff. And it, it was really lovely. It, it meant a lot to them. So all of that got kind of fed back to our sponsors, which it was just a genuine feel good factor. So yeah, I'd say they're the kind of, they, they were the key strengths, just keep it simple. We didn't try and reinvent the wheel from what Sheffield had done. We didn't have time to be fair, but it worked there. It worked for us, you know, in a smaller sense, but we've got big growth plans and I'm sure it could work for lots of other fundraisers because you're just not in competition. Yes. And well, I'm sure there's been lots of lessons you've learned, but if there's any other thing that occurs to you that through this journey, you thought, well, that's interesting. I wouldn't have necessarily known that would be so hard or oh, it turns out that you can solve that in that way or any other. A particular top tip i gather you got lots of help from your opposite number in sheffield but any other insights and lessons learned what, what would it be um so i suppose the thing that you really need to not lose sight of is the reason that people engaged in the first place and it was the story that we told which comes right back to the course that i did with you last year you know it's all about telling people what the problem is and getting them to almost put put themselves in their, you know, those shoes. Imagine if I was in hospital with my poorly child away from my family, the staff that are in away from their family looking after yours on Christmas day. So I think it's just powerful storytelling and just a really clear message of why that gift is needed. And I think as long as you get that right at the beginning, even if you haven't done one of these campaigns before and you're trying to get it off the ground, if you've got that right, it'll happen as long as you've, you know, you've got the energy and, and the support of your senior team. You just bring people along with you. Christmas is a magical time, isn't it? And people do like to give. You just need to tell them why it's needed. Yes, I see. And uh, clearly it's going to be easier for you and your colleagues to, with a long lead time, and crucially because it already exists, it will be easier to do the second time around. But if someone's listening to this and they're thinking about doing it the first time around, engaging partners or effectively selling this concept when it doesn't yet exist, anything you learned from how you mocked up what the company gets or did you, know, did you send them a picture of one star or anything to help us yeah. create that sense of certainty that this will be good it was tricky <laughs> with zero assets to start with but um what we used last christmas was like a photograph of the, the different stars um not a photograph in situ with them lit which is obviously what we're going to do this time around quite a 2d photograph but it just gave them some idea we worked up a little logo stamp that was a supported the campaign so that there was something as soon as a sponsor had come on board we could send to them they could add it to their email signature they could stick it on their social push it out to all their contacts something visual um, that they could have kind of prior to the um, the stars actually being switched on and, and installed but you don't need loads you you just need something and you you need the belief that you can bring people along with you and the right story 
and it'll happen. Wise words. Laura, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast to share ideas about this Sparkle campaign. I think it's brilliant. Uh, for many reasons, not least because you, you managed to f- make it happen in such little time from the autumn and, and get it done by December. So well done to everyone involved. Thanks for explaining your, your lessons learned and your top tips. Uh, I hope it'll help some listeners out there. I hope it will help people who don't work in hospices or hospitals to nevertheless see some of the principles involved uh, and see what kind of a, a version of this strategy they could implement but for now laura thanks for joining us on the podcast and i look forward to catching up with you soon thanks rob see you soon bye bye well i hope you enjoyed laura's story if so and you don't yet follow the show please do press that button now so that you can get access to all the other episodes we've got coming up soon for a full transcript and some simple notes on this episode go to the podcast section of our website which is brightspotfundraising.co.uk. If you're interested in improving your skills and confidence in high-value fundraising, then do check out the Corporate Mastery Programme, which is the one that Laura did, or the Major Gifts Mastery Programme. Both of them help you to grow your momentum and your results through a combination of masterclasses and individual coaching support. To find out more, go to brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash services. Now, I'd like to say a heartfelt thank you to everyone who's been spreading the word about this podcast. It really helps us to share these ideas with as many good causes as possible. And we'd love to hear what you think about today's episode. We're both on LinkedIn and on Twitter. I am at Woods underscore Rob. Thank you so much for listening today. Best of luck with your fundraising in these challenging times. And I look forward to sharing more Bright Spot stories and tips with you very soon.